Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. I want your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is Game Onesis, a.k.a. Janet Garcia. What's well, good? Glad to be here. Janet, it's nice to have you back. Right before the show, we were just talking about the difference between a sandwich and a hot dog and a burger. Uh, do you want to catch us up? What are you, Where do you stand? Yeah, um, the conversation is dumb. I regret bringing it up. That's stance one. Stance two, um, it is by denotation, like the definition. But we live in a world where connotation takes precedent. So like, sure, mm-hmm. is it technically? Yes. But would you go into a sandwich shop and order a hot dog? No, you can't do that. It's connotation changes over time, though. I mean, like, we could be the change you want to see in the world. Let's go into these sandwich shops. Let's order hot dogs. Let's do it. No, we can do it together. You can't like, just do that. You become, can't just go into a subway and order a hot dog. Uh, it only why, creates more just, chaos just, in the just world, so you though. guys know, like, why would you? With the power of the internet, we can do just about anything. You don't think that if we try hard enough, we can't make it so Subway sells a hot dog? I feel like we could. Yes, but it wouldn't be right. It'd be such a bad hot dog, too, because they're out of their element. They don't know what they're doing. They have no authority in yeah, this space. That's like when McDonald's tries to make a rib, and it's like, you guys shouldn't you, be doing this. Just stick to what you know. Can McRib slander? McRib slander on a Tuesday about, morning. Come on. Don't do this. Don't, don't lose the, the best dude, are you guys? Are you, are you, are you guys going to stay here and tell me that the McRib is great? I no, it's nasty. The, come on. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. Everyone, everyone calm the fuck down. We're all getting worked up. As someone up. that was We're raised on Encore dinners, I know what nasty meat is, and that's some nasty meat. I love it, though. It's so Gianna good. Garcia, what's, what's going on in the world of Game Honest? What have you, what have you been up to? Yeah, um, I've been uh, doing a bunch of streams, still uh, doing the Patreon that's going strong, patreon.com backslash Gamonesis, check it out. Um, been doing reviews. I uh, reviewed Maquette. I reviewed um, this indie game called, I think I think it's called What Comes After. So uh, yeah, I've been doing a little bit of everything uh, and my weekly podcast too. So ready to talk about news because like I'm constantly in that news headspace. Awesome. What did you think about uh, Maquette? Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think it... It's interesting because it's definitely like not the best puzzle game and not the best story, but I think that some of its parts works together really well in a way that's kind of rare. So, uh, mm. yeah, I, I really recommend it. I think it's it's pretty strong. It's probably in like the upper area of like my best of 2021. Uh, granted, that's because not a lot of really amazing stuff has come out yet. Uh, currently, my game of the year is Bravely Default 2, which I'm only like four hours in, which is literally like not even like the game barely started. But uh, I've really enjoyed that. Um, but I'm sure something will overtake it. I'm just waiting to see what that is. Janet, let me talk to you about a big game of the year contender because today's stories include It Takes Two being a hit, Dice Award nominees, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash games, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at to patreon.com slash kind of funny games with bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you our our it takes two reviews up right now as a kind of funny games cast uh me greg and tim have all played the game to varying degrees i beat the game greg's played quite a few hours tim has played the first couple of hours uh if you want our breakdown of our full thoughts you can catch that over on the games cast podcast feed or on youtube.com slash kind of funny games 
Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mick at the Nanobiologist, Abrahamson, Blackjack, and Trent Berry. Today we're brought to you by DoorDash, Gabby, and Game Attack, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Rope Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen! Starting with our number one, the 24th annual Dice Awards were just announced. I'm going to pull directly from their website where they, they break it down like this. The Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences is pleased to announce the nominees for its 24th annual Dice Awards. The winners will be revealed at the Dice Awards ceremony happening virtually on April 22nd, 2021, featuring an all-new format. The show will be hosted by Greg Miller, never heard of him, Jessica Chobot, and our homie Khalif Adams, uh, and live-streamed via our media partner IGN Entertainment. A total of 57 games in 2020 received a nomination. The Last of Us Part Two leads with 11 nominations, followed by Ghost of Tsushima with 10 nods, and Hades with 8. Tying for 5 nominations each are Half-Life Alex, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Final- finalists for 2020's top honor, Game of the Year, are... Animal Crossing New Horizons, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. Now, I want to have a little bit of fun on, fun on this episode. I want to go through some of the different categories and what the nominees are. Uh, but I'm going to start with the Game of the Year uh, category, right? Like I just said, we got New, New Horizons, Final Fantasy, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. Chan, does that sound about right to you? Yeah, I think that is a pretty accurate uh, reading of like the pulse of what that year was. Yeah. Not all have problems pre- there. Do you have any predictions? Oh, I feel like I don't know. Dice is sort of a wild card because it doesn't. I feel like the results are never what I feel like they will be. Like I have an easier time judging the game awards, which I feel like has more traditional outcomes. Um, I think in part that's probably due to how they, you know, the the pool of voters or judges um like usually they're like you know media i mean it's all media people but you kind of get a sense i think just from being on twitter and being in the know of like what other critics are thinking like okay based on this if we if we logic this out we can kind of figure out what game of the year would be for that oh man game of the year was kind of weird last year too a lot of a lot of people were a lot of people did lean on hades i feel like hades will win that like that that'd be my Mm. guess yeah, I'm looking through. I'm trying to find previous years for Dice to see what we can compare it to because every I feel like every award show does kind of kind of have its own energy and its own bag, and so you can kind of predict based on like the the Game Awards. I feel like is is kind of easier because you can kind of tell the pulse of what the what where the media is at, what what the Game Awards usually leans towards. Uh, there are certain award shows where things get a little bit unpredictable, like the uh, GDC Awards comes comes to mind, where I believe. In previous years, we've gotten games like Entitled Goose Game winning Game of the Year. And stuff yeah, that's field. what I was thinking. I was like trying to remember who that was. I'm like, whoever that was, that was like really left field. Actually, now that I think about it, I think Final Fantasy VII could could win too. My answer would be Last of Us Two, the correct answer. Um, that mm. game's like not only Game of the Year, but one of the best games I've played in my life. Um, you know, I, I think it's the only game on this list that will be talked about for longer than a few years. Like, I, I think we'll be pointing back to that for such a long time because of what a tremendous impact it had and how amazing it was on a, a narrative level as an example of good sequel like it i think it's gonna hit on so many levels versus like hades is a, is a great game final fantasy 7 remake is great but i don't think 
we're really going to be having that deep of a conversation on it for years to come. Uh, I do, you know, shout out to Hades for what it does in its genre. I think it is like more of a standout within its field. But I feel like Last of Us Part 2 stands out as a game. Um, and and as a movie, if you want to be kind of head ass with it. But I don't really like taking that angle because that's like mm. not a fan. The whole like, oh, it's transcends games. I'm like, no, it's just a really good game. Like, it's just a really good game. And um, so, yeah, I think the Zag, I would guess Final Fantasy 7 or Hades. The safe answer to me, like the very kind of like, oh, sure, is Last of Us 2. Um, I, I sense that they're going to zag, though. Yeah, I mean, I think the the safe answer would probably be between Hades and The Last of Us Part 2. You know, I think you saw both of those games take home quite a few Game of the Year awards last year. Hades was IGN. Uh, and yeah, like I, I, I think last year for video games, when you look at the Game of the Year Game of the Year nominees, is just such a strong year because honestly, any of these can take it home. And I'd be like, cool. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Like Final Fantasy VII Remake took home kind of funny's game of the year, right? And like that's that's one that I feel like kind of snuck through and 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 and, and kind of uh, uh, took it out of nowhere. But it's one that you look at it and you're like, yeah, no, there's such fervor and people people love this game. And Animal Crossing New Horizons, if you want to talk about just straight up like a, a a great game, but also a great game that had big impact for what last year was. Animal Crossing New Horizons, I could easily see the conversation around. Ghost of Tsushima is a game that hits big with fans. It won it won the fan voted game of the year uh, for the Game Awards last year, and that would, that would be one that I would be happy to see take home an actual uh, 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 game of the year like paneled game of the year because I think that would be big for that game because I think that game deserves all the love that it gets. Uh, no matter what way this goes, I, I I think you know any of the, any of these games deserve it. But to go through some of the other categories we got, we got Outstanding Achievement in Game Direction. Uh, the nominees are Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, and The Last of Us Part Two. Do you have any predictions there? Oh, man, I hated Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition um, so much. Uh, let's see, predictions for Game Direction specifically. Um, it's tough. I have to put on my like dev hat, which I don't actually have a dev hat. So um, it's an invisible hat, which makes this challenging. I would... I would think maybe Half-Life Alex. I feel like because it had to like navigate such a underutilized space, um, you know, with with no shade to the many developers who are working in VR, uh, it doesn't really get talked about a lot. And even when it does, so often uh, conversations around VR games are it's really cool, like as an experience, you know, it's kind of they have like this different uh, style and cadence to them. I think us as critics and even just as you know those listening who are just fans like we're still figuring out what we even want from that space and that space is figuring out how to give us what we don't know that we want so it's a lot of uh guesswork i think and um i didn't play a lot of half-life half-life alex but i think it is you know people talk about it as a standout in that vr space and i think for that alone i could see it winning because it kind of had to succeed in very um not uncharted territory but like not fully explored territory yeah, Half-Life Alex is one of those games that I, I you hear about a lot. People who played it very much evangelize it and talk about how amazing it is, but it, it's it's also one of those games that you don't you, you don't hear hear about in the broader conversation because most people don't have VR in order to play this game, right? And so this is this is the game that when you're talking about game of the year has the 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 least reach and the and the least people being like this is the one, right? Like le- the least amount of votes, least about a, amount amount of people that are that are vying for it. And so when you're talking about game direction, yeah, I can see Half Life Alex definitely being a, a contender because that's I think that that's an easier arg- that's an easier argument to make in terms of a 
game design perspective from a from a uh direction perspective the way that this game the things that this game does for vr i could see people making that argument uh my prediction would probably still be between hades and the last of Us part two because i think if you're talking about game direction there the the ways in which ha- the the moves that hades makes as a as an independent game but then also a game that went through early access that navigated that space extremely well took all the feedback that they got during that period and was able to deliver on a final product that sat well with people and got people very excited about it i think there's a story there that would uh speak speak to hey this is how you direct a game this is how you make this make this thing work uh and then last is part two i think when you're talking when you're talking about a th- them seeing their vision through and making something that feels big and you un- and uh unique for naughty dog and ha- and and took took risks in place that you might not have expected from from naughty dog i think you make that argument there um and so i i, I my prediction is between one of those two yeah we also sure. got let's see outstanding achievement in game design which uh the nominees are ghosts hades half-life alex last is part two marvel spider-man malls morales in game design um let me wait what did, what did they again can you read off that list one more time i'm yeah. like scrolling through but i'm seeing where ghost it's of, ghost of tsushima hades half-life alex the last is part two and marvel's miles Mor- marvel spider-man miles morales this one see this is this is interesting because we're talking about the dice awards and so talking about this right after, right after talking about game direction i guess see a lot of overlapping argument between the two categories in terms of how you judge them yeah i'm do you have any idea how they how those are parsed out? Like, what's the line? Like, where does direction end and design begin? I guess we're thinking more in terms of like maybe overarching, like how it over like the overarching communication it has to the player versus like the nitty gritty of like when you're in the moment. I would guess would be the distinguishing line there. Mm-hmm. I mean, game direction, and I think this is obviously going to change from from person to person as the, as the, the the panel sit on it. Game direction, I see as the what what is your vision and how did you fulfill that vision right how did you see that through whereas game design i could see as a hey what are the mechanics present in in this game how do the systems interact with the mechanics how does all this play together what is the game what is the gameplay loop how does all how do how do, do all the different elements of this game play together in a way that creates a final a, a an amazing final experience i think 80s maybe for that one again like i also just lean heavy on less of a stoof everything because i think their game's like freaking brilliant but i think if we're like breaking down like what where each one shines i think hades's design is really well done in the sense that it has very layered systems that it doesn't like super directly communicate to its players obviously there's plenty of text to like help you read like what the items and the power-ups are but it kind of just lets you explore and figure it out without leaving you lost which is a really hard thing to do and i think it's the only game on this list again i didn't spend a lot of time with half of alex because i found it kind of (laughs) scary it's like it's too it's too real it's too immersive um i I got freaked out uh being in vr with that one so i'll have to go back to it but i think it's the only one on this list um that really does that you know an argument for last of us too as well but like ghost everyone applauds the um the wind I feel like people might stand the wind during this award show because like everyone talked about that being so clever and like such a, a well, a good way to gesture for the player on where to go. But other than that, I feel like it is kind of like very much video game, the video game. Like it ha- it mm. feels like a polished version of a lot of ideas I've seen before, 
Miles, similarly, like it, it kind of plays it safe in a lot of ways. Like it's easy to track down the collectibles. It's a little like I think both Ghost and Miles, despite being like really good games, like of varying degrees, they're a little bit vanilla. So I think it's really between those middle three. Uh, if we're looking at like the actual list, Hades, Half-Life and Last of Us 2, because I think they're the only ones that I guess toe that line between letting the player discover something and also providing the tool set needed to be able to utilize those discoveries that they make. I'm going to I'm going to pull one or two more categories to talk about. Let's go with online game of the year. The nominees for this one are Animal Crossing New Horizons, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Ghost of Tsushima and Tetris Effect Connected. This is this is a an interesting one for me because I I, I love that Ghost of Tsushima is nominated for online game of the year yeah, because that's what? obviously a, a nod to Legends. Uh, okay. which I think is really cool because Legends Ghost of Tsushima Legends doesn't get enough love you know that's a, that's a mode that they added added months after and so a lot of people missed out on it but for the folks that that uh dove into it and stuck with it i i i think all those folks agree that like hey no this is an amazing mode i was enthralled with it when i played through it and played through the raid and was yeah very I, impressed I remember by you how saying that it like was. it like changed like how you felt about the the base game even which i i was really surprised to hear you have that that feedback yeah. for it um but i'm like well Game's already over, so I'm not going back. Um, but yeah, that is interesting that's in there. Um, yeah, that's such a... Uh, did, did you feel like it had... It was specifically strong as like a multiplayer, like a co-op online experience that it would that it kind of served itself well in that sense? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think I would, I would not be surprised to see them do more work with Legends in a future iteration of Ghost of Tsushima. Like, I think when Ghost of Tsushima 2 comes out, They'll either they'll they'll either pack it in with another Legends mode or even make a a, a different Ghost Tsushima game that is straight up online co op because I think that mode of itself with with the loot system with the raid with how they they tackle these different story missions and have that work as a full experience you know even though even even though it's packaged as just a mode it feels like a full experience yeah no I think I I I honestly think that there's a there's a strong future for Legends and yeah as it as an online multiplayer co op game it is fantastic um, especially when you want to talk about the raid and how they they create moments for you to work together with your partner. Out of out of this these nominees, guys, though, right? yeah, I like I might I, I mean it's I'm surprised guys. that Warzone isn't here. I feel like Warzone would be a strong nominee here, but out of the ones listed, Fall Guys is the one I'd go to because Animal Crossing New Horizons, like yeah, it's, it it has online, but I, do oh, people God, talk that, about the online oh, being amazing? It's painful. There's so many like I love that game. I've been playing that game for a year straight. It's one of the few games where I rolled credits and I'm still around. Like I I'm playing that today. I'm I'm streaming it today. Like I stream it all the time. Like I love animal crossing new horizons and anyone that loves that game or has played any of that game knows that there's a lot of flaws. it does not take long to list the flaws in this game and mm-hmm. online is definitely one of them it's slow it's complicated i remember um you know i i had covered this game back when i was at ign doing guides and i had written the like how to do online multiplayer page that thing was a novel a novel and it like you know got a lot of traffic because no one knew how to do it no one knew how to do it and i i who wrote the page still don't remember some of the information. I'm like, if I want to mail you something, you need to fly to my island. For, we need to be friends and you need to fly to my island. Like, honestly, see, I didn't even know I had these feelings within me. Seeing this here <laughs> makes me a little mad because it's like, it's not that it's like so, so terrible, but it like doesn't do it well, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's cool that it has it and it definitely enhances the game. Like, I love being able to visit people. I think the dream code stuff they added is cool. Like, the the kiosk and game designs. Like, there are ways 
this could have been online game of the year if they did it differently, but they didn't. If the so online instead was it's good. just frustrating. Yeah, but the online was good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can of course go to the the Dice website over on interactive.org uh, and check out all the rest of the nominees. They got plenty of categories. I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the uh, outstanding achievement in or oh I lost it. There's like a best. There's a be, here we go. Family game of the year, which oh my is, God. is a stacked lineup here, right? It's Animal Crossing: New Horizons, Astro's Playroom, uh, Dreams, Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout, and Sackboy: A Big Adventure, which Definitely for me is a stacked category. You're going, you're going Sackboy. Did you, wait, were you a big fan of Sackboy when that came out? Because I thought well, I was the only one. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a big fan. Um, it's like, it's fine. I haven't, I haven't beaten it because I'm trying to play. Yeah, I'm trying to play with my whole apartment, minus my dad, because he doesn't play games. So it's like me, my boyfriend, my brother, and my brother's fiance. Trying four adults with different schedules to also be in the mood to play mm. one specific game. It's been slow, a slow roll, but I feel like it's the only game that feels like you can really easily play it with like a big family kind of like the way i'm doing it um especially if you have different like ability levels like when i think family game i think a spread of gamers and maybe even people that aren't really like they wouldn't consider themselves gamers but they you know are down to play some mario kart or you know they did wii sports like they'll jump in i feel like it's the easiest one to jump into uh versus fall guys uh that game's really competitive like it's a competitive game i am not good at it and i play games literally all the time uh dreams it's sort of it's a fun experiment and i enjoy mm. like search and stuff but i wouldn't say like i wouldn't want to sit down with my kid or my cousin or my whatever and do that astro's playroom really fun but more of a you know it's family game because maybe you don't have a multiplayer game you know it's like anything's a family game if you have a sibling next to you but uh yeah. and then animal crossing i think is uh, maybe the second it might i'd say animal crossing might win because you know, you can share Probably an island already. and like, you know, all that stuff. But um, I think Sackboy is the best for just, you know, you're dropping in. It has easy drop in, drop out. You can do online like it, you know, and it's it's simple as well. You can also pick people up. Like, I, I think that's the most family friendly game. But this category is always weird in every award show. I've never looked mm. at it and not been like, why is this on here? Janet, you know, you know, what's a great family game. A game called It Takes Two. This brings us to story number two. It Takes Two uh, reviews are up. I got a review roundup for y'all. Right now, uh, or as of the time I put this thing together, it was sitting at a 90 on Metacritic and an 87 on OpenCritic. Uh, I'm going to start off with Sam Loveridge who at GamesRadar, who gave it five stars, a perfect score, and says, It Takes Two is a unique experience that makes the most of what it means to offer truly cooperative gameplay. Your relationship with whoever you're playing with is just as important as that of May and Cody, uh, as you'll get nowhere without robust communication and teamwork. But its blend of reality and fantasy is also refreshingly different, different, especially within a framework that offers the kind of unique gameplay that never stops surprising. Mike Minotti over at GamesBeat also gave it five stars, a perfect score, and says, It Takes Two isn't just a series of fun co-op moments. It's some of the most fun I've ever had with a two-player game. It's also a pretty game, with the lighting standing out as especially impressive. On PlayStation 5, it's a smooth 60fps experience. I struggle to think of another co-op puzzler game that's better. Maybe Portal 2? Even if that's true, It Takes Two belongs on that same tier. Find yourself a friend or an emotionally distant spouse, and spend a little time with It Takes Two. It'll be some of the most fun you'll have this year. Last, I'm going to pull from Andrew Reiner at Game Informer, who gave it a 9.25 out of 10 and says, It Takes Two may not be the platforming juggernaut it, that it aspires to be, but it more than makes up for that with its big heart, wealth and variety, and gorgeous imagery. 
All of its individual actions are things we've done in other games, but when applied to this distinct cooperative approach, they take on a whole new life and are used in, in wonderful ways over a long adventure. The action will have you laughing and screaming at your TV, and the story stays strong throughout, creating the backbone for an entertaining adventure that roars with excitement should should you should keep that roars with, roars, roars with excitement and should keep you glued to the controller to see if this couple's lost love can be rekindled. Janet, do you have any interest interest in playing It Takes Two? Oh, I'm so excited to play it. I'm playing it this Friday with my brother, um, which I guess is like kind of weird because the, they're like a couple or a divorced couple, but whatever, like that is what it is. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I played a way out. I loved it. I was one of the people that was like more on that like hard eight range for that game. Um, yeah, I think the scores kind of fluctuate between like seven and, and eight. I, I do think that one was a little bit, from what I've seen on this one, this one seems more mechanically polished. Like I, for me, A Way Out was an awesome game because it had like so many lovely moments of what co-op, what makes co-op fun, which is that you're working together, but you're also sort of competing in some ways. And I love that A Way Out like really brought that out through its mini games. And um, without getting into spoilers, I think the story is really interesting. I had expect, like, I remember working on Bringing Out of the Prison and then being like, what's, is, what's, what, we're out, you know, like, what's next? Um, but it actually really just picks up even more from there and gets even better once you, once you get out. Uh, I don't think that's a spoiler that you get out of the prison. It is the entire premise of the game. Um, so hearing that, like, this one's even better uh, is really exciting um, as well as like people tend to say that uh, Hazelight slash Ferris like it has been getting better over time in terms of games. So uh, as someone that already liked the way out, I'm like, yes, I was all in on this as soon as I saw it. Um, Hazelight is becoming one of those studios where when I see their name, when I see they're working on a project, uh, I'm just already there, you know, and like, hey, it may or may not work out, but I'm, I'm ready to go because I've liked their work previously. So, yeah, I'm super excited to play this. And I love that it is like, it's basically has like a either is a platformer or has a lot of platforming elements, which um, I love platformers. So yeah, it seems it seems awesome. You you already played it, so what do you think? I loved it. We did a whole games cast review on it that went up this morning, and one of the fun things about doing reviews for stuff pre embargo is that you have no idea what other people feel about the game. And I had, I hadn't talked to Tim or Greg about their feelings on the game, and so. When, when we went into the game games cast i was the one person that had finished it and so i was pretty much the one giving their final giving the final review on it and it was one of those things where i start i started talking about it and I, like I, I think i started off my the like my first sentence on it was this is the most this is some of the most fun i've had with the game in years and saying that i was like man i really hope other people feel similarly because i'm gonna sound like such a crazy person when i go off about how much i fucking love this game like i i i i, I liked a way out similar to you i i i, I would probably put it in that age range i had i had a lot of fun with it i thought what they did with the characters and story was really fun i thought what they did with gameplay was really fun uh but yeah it was one of those games that i'm it the way out was one of those games where coming out of it i was like this is great they have found a fun niche it's not like the, it's not the greatest thing since sliced bread but it's a game that i had fun with and i look forward to playing more games like it it takes two is, is the game for me from haze light that has made me a fan i'm going to play whatever game they put out next i'm going to continue to follow follow their games because it takes two lives lives up to the expectation and exceeds it by far there are obviously things here and there like there's there are certain story choices that are like all right maybe you could have made uh quickened this up and like made certain story arcs go faster or introduced th certain things earlier or done certain things with certain characters like i have those complaints here and there but overall as a gameplay experience i was blown away it it, it for what it does with co-op you know it obviously does the a way out thing where it's split screen you and your co-op partner are solving puzzles or doing things to help each other out throughout uh, along the way but it 
it totally refines that process and makes it so that they are constantly introducing new mechanics and every every level they introduce something brand new that is the overarching mechanic for that level and the way in which the way the way in which they play around with those mechanics and change things up and keep things keep things fresh and keep things fun is awesome the way in which they give players moments to breathe and have fun right like there there will be times where me and my co-op partner will get through this long set of of uh, set piece moments because we're being chased by a fucking squirrel or some shit because we're playing as dolls trying to trying to get back to normalcy or whatever. We're getting, we're being chased by squirrels, cool. We just got done with this huge huge set piece. Now we're in this open environment that we can explore and have fun with and fuck around with with different things. Like that stuff comes together super well and then within all of that they also have tons of mini games and fun PVP stuff that you can do along oh, the way. I'm so excited. It's it's filled with fun moments it's filled with fun distractions it's filled it's filled with a lot of heart and uh like andrew i think it was andrew in, in in his review right who said this it's it's filled with gorgeous visuals you know the game the game looks at excellent uh actually no it was mike Bonatti that, that, that said this right it's a it's a smooth 60 fps on, uh, on ps5 with great lighting great textures it has kind of a i don't want to compare compare it to pixar because i think that puts it on another level in terms of expectation but it has it has that fun magical magical quality when you're talking about animation and what you what you want from that type of family story that is also trying to scale to be Could appealing this be to family adults. game of the year. I mean, may, I here's know. the thing. Yes, but also <laughs> no. Tie it all together. Because in in there are like a few scenes where they very much lean off of the this is a kids game and go very hard for adult. There are there is like one scene in particular Whoa. that Greg was talking about on the games cast that like is very fucked up and very like a very much a wow I can't believe this is hap- happening right now sort of scene that is not it, definitely not a kid appropriate thing and there are also like weird moments of them going hard in terms of like cuss words and all that stuff where where like in in ways where I was like you guys could have gone for an E10 plus rating if you changed these two scenes but because of these scenes you guys are are probably rated T which I think is hilarious like I don't have a problem with it but I just found it to be such a peculiar thing for a game that very easily could be a could could have gone for the family game of the year sort of thing which it might so still who knows do you think you know a lot of people like in this review roundup mentioned like how it stacks up against other co-op games and oddly enough uh not listed here but I had looked at some of the uh the review at the gamer that Kirk did and uh, he had couched it in the same way that who was I think it was was it Mike? Yeah, with the uh, Portal Two comparison, like he had that, which, which I think is funny. You know, you had mentioned like this is very inside baseball for like those listening, but like when you're in media and doing stuff embargoed, yeah, you do have that like kind of, like anxiety of like, okay, am I going to be like on the high end, the low end, like, and you know that's why you just have to trust like your own opinion, you know, and just go for it. And like if you seem like an outlier, it is what it is. But it is it's nice to like know what other people think. But it's also funny because when you like start to really get into criticism you'll like read other people's work after the fact and it's a lot of the same language and it's like whoa we have the same thought and i think that's just you know that just speaks to honing that that craft of criticism but bring it back to that portal 2 comparison is this the best co-op experience you've had and if not or if you're not sure oh just yes wow yes yeah i mean yeah like there's there's not been and here's the thing here's the caveat here's the caveat I've not played Portal 2 co-op. I played Portal 2 single player all the way through and loved it. But at the time, I didn't have somebody to play play co-op with. And playing this game made me and my co-op partner go, yo, let's fucking play Portal 2 after this. Because we we want 
we want more of this. We want to play more co-op games like this. And Portal 2 was the one that came to mind. And also Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which is another Haze-like game. Neither of us had played it. And so we're like, okay, cool. That's on the agenda now. Now we're playing Portal 2 and Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons to play after this. But as of now, yeah, this is easily the best co-op game I've ever played. It's not even close. Wow. It's not wow. even close. Well, it's ridiculous. There's not that many. The there's not that, that many. But still, that's, that's also pretty... the thing there's not that many. The fact that like you and so many other reviewers are saying that so confidently is, is pretty cool. And I'm I'm excited about this because I, you know, I we all have our own little like things and games that really click for us. Um, and one of mine is being a character in a really big world, and this has that. So I'm like, yep. yes, like whatever that oh, I'm you're like, gonna love unravel, this game. little nightmare. I'm like, I wanna I wanna be little, I wanna be small, as I'm small in real life, I wanna be small, and then I want everything to be giant. And it's like cool and it's crazy because it what I like about that is it adds, um, you know, excitement to the mundane. It just changed, you know, a, a normal room is suddenly like really exciting because you're looking at it from this different perspective. It opens up all these cool gameplay moments. So all right, when I well, tell you, I'll you're going to love this game. You're going to absolutely is, love this game. So what's your game of the year right now? Is this is this? Yeah. It? Is it's, this, it's, this, it's, wow. It takes two is is it. And again, I expect again, it to be deeper year yet. Not that I, crazy of a year I, yet, but I, yeah, like, I mean, the other game for me would have been Hitman 3. You know, like mm-hmm. those are obviously my two. My my. Th- these are the two games that I I love the most this year so far. But also, last I expect thing, I expect another game to come through and probably who had this cr- like critic fantasy draft or whatever the hell you all call it. Who had this game? Not me. I think it was Greg. Damn. I'm, I'm typing well, it in right now. I'm pretty sure Greg was the one that got that got this game because I I stayed away from it knowing that a way out kind of had mixed ish reviews, like good reviews, but not amazing and i was trying yeah. to stick to stuff that i thought was very safe and it, it takes two wasn't safe for me uh yeah no greg was the one that got it takes two and so greg is going to score wow. big points on this because right now 90 on metacritic i think it might be it's a, it's a little bit lower on open critic 87 but still very good score for that fantasy draft so congratulations greg miller on that one let's talk about story number three uh an ex-ghostwire tokyo director ikumi nakamura opens a studio this is from jordan oleman over at ign Fan favorite ex-Bethesda director Ikumi Nakamura has announced that she is opening her own indie studio and is developing a new game. A short documentary from GameSpark and, and Archipel, or Archipel uh, which, is, which is available on YouTube, follows Nakamura as she tours abandoned buildings in Japan. Nakamura revealed that she left Evil Within developer Tango Gameworks due to health, health troubles. Quote, I started wondering whether there wasn't a way to, for me to make games while feeling better, she says. She continues, quote, I took the decision to quit before it was too late. After, after, leave, uh, after leaving, Nakamura received over 2,000 messages on LinkedIn offering studio visits and support. She used these opportunities to understand, quote, what made a good working environment, end quote. Quote, I decided to use that experience to open my own, own small studio and build my IP, uh, Nakamura says. Later in the documentary, Nakamura adds that she wants to build a diverse team, noting that after her E3 presentation, and f- to remind people, right, like this is a couple years ago where during the Bethesda <laughs> E3, she was the one that came out to present Ghostwire Tokyo, and she, and she was the one with the quirky, fun personality, and everybody loved her, uh, and she was amazing. Uh, after her E3 presentation, 80% of the messages she received were from women, quote, happy to see a female game director or game creator getting on stage and showing her game. Nakamura rounds off the documentary by adding that she wants to make a game full of dark jokes and compares herself to Deadpool. In June 2020, Nakamura told IGN Japan that she has plans to pitch a new Okami game to Capcom after teasing a potential collaboration with Platinum Games' Hideki Kamiya in October of 2019. And fast forward now, obviously, 
a new Okami doesn't sound like it'd be full of dark jokes, and so I'd assume that that's not what she's working on now, but that's a fun tidbit for you. Uh, Janet, do you have any thoughts on this one? Uh, new is always better, so hell yeah. Open that studio. Do your thing. I, I've lately been just very, getting like really excited about seeing different developers just go and have like whatever career move they see fit. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's important that us as game fans and game critics at the at the end of the day default to supporting developers who make the games that we love or hate or whatever but they fuel our career and like what i get excited to do every day so if this is the right move for her like i i love that she ta- is so transparent too with all of it where it's like hey i had to step back because i couldn't do this and be okay and like i love that she mentions too that i took the decision before it was too late because so often when you do see people burn out or quit or whatever personal things come up that cause them to kind of leave the industry like it's not on their own terms or it's you know we've all been that person that like you took the day off but you really need the day off like three days ago and you're like fried um so i love that she was proactive in this um i love that she mentions the representation part and like the going to other studios and trying to find like what makes for good work practices we this reminds me a lot of um oh my gosh now i'm blanking on the name jade raymond uh you know her studio that got announced last week at haven and she mentions like it being a haven for developers or for creators so i you know especially as someone that is now independent as well like i really get jazzed about people pursuing like the best way to thrive within capitalistic society and just being like, you know what, I'm going to make this and like, it's going to be different. And it's going to have like, I'm going to try to avoid the pitfalls that I've seen at previous studios or try to just create an environment where people can thrive and feel creative and, and do their thing. Um, And again, I love that she notes the diversity element Uh, as someone who's a woman in games. I also was really excited. You don't see uh, women on stage a lot. Um, When I jump onto shows, I'm often not talking to another woman, you know, no offense, blessing, but like, it's just the, it's the case, you know, you're often the the lone person there. So like, Mm -hmm. I love that she mentions that as an important ethos and you know in a way it sucks that so often when you're a marginalized creator in a space you have to be the one that like leads the way of change like oh it'd be nice if someone in power did that you know or had had more social status but it's like i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna you know be this change and i'm this like beacon for like women in the industry and like yeah i just i I love everything about it um obviously i don't know her personally i've never spoken to her she doesn't know who i am but i get like a really good vibe and i love that she is talking about things like diversity, work ethic, health uh, as part of game development. Like I think the being able to be a creator who comes out and talks about that stuff and and carves their own path is so important. Uh, so often we're seeing studios who have good work practices really talk about that as part of their process. So yeah, I love everything about this. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. And I think this, especially coming off of the Jade Raymond news that she start, she she's partnering with PlayStation and she's opening up Haven Studio. I think it, it is to exactly what you're saying. It's awesome to see two 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 women lead these uh, lead two studios uh, in this way and start from the ground up and be able to 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 define what their studios are going to be and, and blaze that trail. Uh, and so this is cool. It's nice. Uh, I agree uh, with you too that new is all is always welcome. You know, I'm I, the, her being able to open up her own independent studio uh, and be and basically set the tone and being like, I want to make a game full of dark jokes. You know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna own this and I want this to be something that's my own. I think that's also very exciting and very cool. I love so, the Deadpool comparison. It's so random. Yeah, I, lo- I love the Deadpool comparison too. So I look forward to see what we get out of that. Janet, before we get to story number four. I want to tell you about our sponsor, of course. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by DoorDash. 
Did you forget that one thing at the store? Now you can get snacks, drinks, and household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And now you can get the grocery essentials you need from DoorDash too. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. For our Canadian listeners, use code GAMESCA. That's 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021 in the U.S. and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's code GAMES2021 or GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. We're also brought to you by Gabby. We're all looking for ways to save money, right? Especially now. So let me ask you this. How would you like to keep an extra $961 a year in your pocket? That's That's how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance. That's why when shopping for insurance, you should use Gabby. This is the time of the year we go shopping for insurance. Well, Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples to apples comparison of your favorite of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. Just link your current insurance account and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. Gabby customers save $961 per year on average. I bet that'd be nice to have in your pocket every year. If they can't find you savings like they did for Tim Gettys, they'll let you know so you can relax knowing so that you can relax knowing you have the best rate out there. And they'll never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls. You're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. See how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check out and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash GamesDaily. That is G-A-B-I dot com slash GamesDaily. Gabby.com slash GamesDaily. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Game Attack. If you best friends didn't know, our friends at Game Attack are trying the impossible. Become the most sub two streamers on all of Twitch, if not for just a month. Hashtag March to the Top is their attempt to prove to the world that a quality audience is just as incredible as a gigantic audience. So far, Game Attack, with only 30,000 followers, has more subs than Dr. Lupo, Lyric, Pokimane, and Mizkif, sitting in the top 17 sub 2 channels on all of Twitch. Today, they are creating their own G Fuel flavor. Then later, Sean will be eating, will be eating every item on the Taco Bell menu. <laughs> and tonight, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> Sean Bowen, get some help. Uh, and tonight, a collab with John Reisinger. Uh, John and Grayson will be going head-to-head in God of War 2018, which I'm also curious about that because that is not a multiplayer game. So I want to know what the rules to that are. Is it a speed run? Probably. Make sure to say kind of funny sent me to be worshipped like a god. G1s love to see the best friends in their chat. Remember, that's going down on twitch.tv slash game attack. Very fun stuff. That's really cool. I really do want to know what that God of War thing is about because I that I sounds like a fun time if they're able to figure out rules. Best for co-op experience I've ever had. God of War. God of War 2018. Taking out as many Valkyries as possible. Oh, you know? is that it? Are they like? No, no, no. Uh, no. Is that I'm like just, a, uh, now? Now I'm spe- like you know guessing. That's just honestly, that would be a great way to do it. Who can right? who can take out all the Valkyries faster? 
Or do like Maybe a Valkyrie speedrun first thing. to five? Like, some of us can't get any Valkyrie, so like one would be an achievement for for some of us. Yeah, that sounds really fun. God, was, they were so hard. They were so difficult. You know what I mean? Like story really number four. Me. Do you know what's Do you know what's more difficult than taking out uh, Valkyries? What? Keeping Mario from dying at the I'm on March thirty first, twenty twenty one. Uh, story number four. Nintendo confirms download codes for Super Mario three D All Stars will work. After March 31st, this is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Despite Nintendo's plan to remove Super Mario 3D All-Stars from Nintendo Switch's eShop and to cease production of physical copies on March 31st, the company has confirmed that retail download codes will still be valid past that date. As reported by VGC, Nintendo's Japan HQ confirmed that these codes will be redeemable after April, and it would be safe to assume that this would be the same for Western markets as well. It's a small bit of good news for those who have yet to purchase Super Mario 3D All-Stars, but those interested shouldn't waste time picking up the game if they wish wish to as March 31st. If they wish to as March 31st is only seven days away. Janet Garcia, Mario is dying in about a week. Are you sad about it? Um, you know, I think grief hits us all in different ways. Um, I don't know if I fully processed what is going to happen tomorrow. I do know that at least two people sent me, uh, if y'all have not seen it, that fake direct ad that says, like, come to Mario's demise or something. Like, happy March 31st. It's really good. I'll try to find it and send it to you. Um, But, yeah, this is, a you know, this is weird. And I think it's one of those things, too, um, like, where a lot of people who aren't as in the know as we are, you know, like you and I, and even the people watching, like if you're if you're someone who's like co- constantly is consuming game news, like that's already a really intense like tier of gaming to be at. So like for normal people who are just like, I just play, you know, I'm just hanging out and I walk into the target. It's like, I really worry that they're gonna, you know, find out about this game and be like, I don't understand. And then explaining it, I just feel dumb. Like you ever like, you ever have almost like secondhand embarrassment where it's like now i have to tell you about this dumb stuff and like then you're mm. going to be like that doesn't make any sense and i have to be like yeah i know right and it's just like you're you're where i already have been for like the last year yeah this is this is still such an odd decision i think deep down a lot of us hope that maybe nintendo would change their mind but at the same time like i think wouldn't that be more of a jerk move to like fake out that you're gonna pull it and then not pull it so it's just such an odd situation and i really really hope that this doesn't become a trend for Nintendo. I don't really understand why this occurred. Um, I guess my guess is the answer is what it is to everything, which is capitalism. But like, why? Like, I haven't I seen mean, this be a thing. Like, is this going to be a thing? Now? Like, I mean, to the to the capitalism point, right? I think the the idea is, hey, let's boost up sales for the fiscal quarter, and so tell people that they can't get this thing after March thirty first, so that they show up and boost our boost our boost our sales for this quarter so we can have good reports and then maybe down the line i still expect them to maybe piecemeal it where they end up selling mario sunshine mario 64 and mario galaxy separately on the store maybe like a year from now maybe that's when they introduce i think if they do yes if they do that i would like to see galaxy 2 uh appear that would be nice but yeah um it's also like this is kind of a weird fact i mean it's it's good to like always confirm details like this because you want to know all the information you can so i think this reporting is definitely important but it's like who is that person that's like i'm gonna wait until like i'm in the know enough to like know this but not to just buy it already like i don't maybe you get paid in the 31st and you're gonna buy it like april 1st or something like maybe Mm. that's your situation but yeah if you have the codes you can you know redeem them like if you are buying a digital code first and then you're gonna put it in later or if you like i I remember someone uh, asking me about this and being like or are they gonna just like pull them all from the store i'm like what's gonna like 
hide them in the back and just throw them in the dumpster. But like once they sell out, you know, like a Target, a GameStop, et cetera, there's not going to be more coming in. So um, but I did like the idea of people having this catastrophic almost like a snap but of these mario cartridges just all of like a, a fatal snap it away these fucking disintegrated in thin air and i was like yeah. oh fuck. please mr mr stark if please. you actually don't if you don't have the game in your switch at the time Miyamoto. it just stops working god could you imagine we're just playing our switches and then march, march 31st you just see dust evaporate from, from your switch and it's like what the fuck and then Mar- the mario game just freezes stops yeah. working you had time to beat it and you didn't because you know you, you barely played them because i barely played them you messed up you should have beat, beat mario by now uh i really hope that they do find a way to make these available again because yeah this is this is this is such a bummer and i i the the thing that i think is even more of a bummer is that mario 35 is just gonna be unplayable you know they're gonna shut down those servers and i think that's that's fucked up that's fucked up. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it at all. Stop taking away games. Our last news story for the day is a quick one. We've got details on Hitman 3's next DLC. This is story number five from Matt Perslow at IGN. IO Interactive has announced Seven Deadly Sins, a multi-part paid-for paid expansion for Hitman 3. As the title implies, Seven Deadly Sins will be made up of seven new content packs that are themed around the capital vices of greed, lust, gluttony, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. Each one will include a visually distinct contract, sin, sin-themed unlockable suit. I love, I love a sin-themed unlockable suit. That sounds really cool. And at least one sin-themed object that can be used both in the new contract and across all missions in the Hitman trilogy. Delivered episodically, Seven Deadly Sins will start with Act 1, Greed, which launches on March 30th. This pack features a new escalation called the Greed Enumeration. Set in Dubai, its new notable feature is that it will allow players to carry certain special items over from stage to stage of the escalation. Additionally, players will be able to unlock the golden the golden rapacious suit and make use of the greedy little coin and devil's cane items. Pricing has not yet been announced, but when Seven Deadly Sins launches, players will have two options to buy a new uh, uh to buy each new season of Sins as it arrives. Or buy all seven parts as, uh, of a season pass for a discounted price. Uh, this is pretty cool. We had we had conversations on KFGD earlier when Hitman 3 was first releasing about what does DLC look like for this game. They talked about how they're not releasing new maps, uh, and I think this is a cool idea to have it be like this series of themed escalations, themed all around sin, which I think uh, the seven deadly sins, which I think is a is a fun idea. Very very weird and different for Hitman, but. I'm down for it. You know, that, what do you that think these like sin suits are gonna look like? Oh man, it's like just gonna lust, be... Are we gonna finally get like this hitman dude in like the maid costume? Like, is this finally gonna? Oh, I do like shit, having a, yeah. a, a suit for each of each of the seven deadly sins. So lust is like the lust one has to be like saucy. Agent forty seven like... in the booty outfit. Yes, booty shorts, chaps. no shirt, assless <laughs> chaps. I like it. Gluttony, like a maybe like a. Like a what's the thing they call it? Like the, a bib. It's not a bib, but it's like no. a. We put like a yeah, it could be like a bib, maybe like a like a food covered thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe his pockets will be full of candy. Fingers. Cheeto oh, that'd be great. Covered. Everything. As Agent Forty Seven, you can just like place place candy on the ground to lead your, car, or, your target um, away. Bugles on your fingers, and I have witch hands. You know. Mm-hmm. I like I like the idea of there being a sloth outfit that just makes you slower. That's the whole thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It'd be or maybe it'd be like a onesie, like a comfy, like a comfy oh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, read a suit made sumo, of money. Sumo suit says Schnwick for uh, for gluttony. I can see it too. And anyway, you'll get him for, for uh, gluttony as well, isn't there? Yeah, that makes that makes sense. That makes more sense than Bib. 
favorite. Janet, Thank you. I'm very excited to see what these seven suits look like. But the release of Hitman Seven Deadly Sins is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Drop Shops today, where'd I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, speaking of Hitman and Lust, Rip Them Off is out today on Xbox One. I want to know what that's about. Oh, you know what? It probably means Rip Them Off is in like money, not Rip Them Off is in agent 47's clothing uh paradise lost is also out ps4 xbox one and pc tales from borderlands is out on switch love live school idol festival after school activity why why home meeting is out today on ps4 what a name hell breaches is out today on switch golf royale is out today on switch tesla force is out on and kazak jack is out today on steam new dates for you Violin is coming to Steam on April 22nd. Kung Fu Kickball Early Access launches April 13th. Night Squad 2 comes to Switch, Xbox, PC and April uh, on April 14th. And then Totally Reliable Delivery Service is coming to Steam on April 1st. Janet, of course, folks can write into patreon.com slash games where they can get the show ad free, but they can also write in with their questions and their squad ups. I got a question here. From Jordan Rowan, who writes in uh, and says, should Microsoft possibly buying Discord worry Sony at all? Also, with Sony and Microsoft trading blows, are you worried about them buying up too much? Thank you and love you. Love you too, Jordan Rowan. Uh, <laughs> Janet, are you worried at all about Microsoft buying Discord, both from the, from the sense of so, Sony losing out on that potential partnership and also from just Microsoft buying all these different uh, uh, studios and acquisitions? No, Microsoft really needs to like, Get it together. So I'm here. To, I'm here for anything that could be construed as good news for Microsoft. Um, and I say this as someone that has both the consoles. Like I don't, you know, believe in the console wars as a thing. Like I had a sibling, and they just got the other one. And we combined our powers. That's why I didn't have an Xbox for a long time because I didn't have a third sibling. If I had a third sibling, I would have been on Microsoft a lot earlier, but I didn't. So I only had Nintendo and PlayStation. But all, all that being said, I think also Microsoft. It seems to play. This acquisition seems to play to their strengths. They are all about like creating streamlined services for gamers is sort of like been their bag as of late. Uh, obviously they are trying to like beef up the exclusive stuff, but until they can really do that, I think what they're trying to really use to distinguish themselves is like services and ease of use, right? I mean, their whole thing with um, smart delivery leans into that. The whole thing with like the UI not changing leans into that. It's like, hey, are you, it's kind of like why I have an iPhone, right? It's like, I don't want to think about, I don't, no thoughts, just iPhone, you know? No thoughts, just Apple. I'm not going to look for the best phone. I'm just going with this. I think Microsoft's leaning into that. So like, you know, that's why it just sort of puts your new box, that's it. Um, And I think like Discord is so often used by gamers for like a variety of things from like connecting to, just voice chat so yeah i mean i think this makes sense um am i worried they'll all buy everything not more worried than i already am for every other monopoly not monopoly that exists in this, in this world i mean so many things are owned by just one thing like it sort of just is the way of the world so i don't really have concerns in that sense and i will say that i haven't like been in discord long enough to really speak to potential specific concerns that i have for the microsoft acquisition like every acquisition i think we won't know if this is good or bad for like Discord or for like gamers until we see what changes are perceivable to us from the outside in. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of the Microsoft Discord acquisition, right? Like it, the reports have been that they've just been in, in talks, right? Which I think 
you know, could could lead to something down the road. But I, I as of this point, I'm not like, you know, I'm 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 not writing it off that Discord is going to get bought by Microsoft yet. But to the idea of it, to the idea that Microsoft is is in talks to buy to to continue to acquire and do all all these different things, I do get nervous with the idea of uh everything everything getting consolidated. Uh, in an industry like Microsoft being the owners of all these different apps and all these different, like obviously Microsoft already does own a bunch of different shit, right? Because it's they're Microsoft. They fucking run the world. Um, but the continual col- consolidation of the games in- industry specifically, I think can be worrying for the idea of uh, that then puts things into fewer umbrellas, meaning that there's there, that there's less diversity in, in, in ideas and, and, and less, uh, different types of products being put out there, and you're going. To, you're. I think that eventually causes stagnation in terms of if everything is a Microsoft, if every studio is a Microsoft studio, then what does that what does that do for the for the industry? What do you then expect to see in terms of new products, new ideas? All what does that do for competition? All this shit. Um, for should PlayStation be worried about about uh, di- Microsoft buying Discord? I mean, I don't think PlayStation was going to do anything with Discord anyway. You know, I don't that that's not really been the way that PlayStation has been rolling. And and even with that, I think I don't know. Like I, I Discord for Microsoft would be more I think would be more than Xbox. I think Discord for Microsoft would feed in more 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 so toward the broad business business of Microsoft in the way that they could use a they, they could use a better voice chat solution because Microsoft has Skype, Microsoft has things, but Discord as a, te- as a te- technology can probably improve of work to them from more of a Microsoft Enterprise thing more so than a, hey, how do we improve Xbox thing? I think it can work both ways, but I do think that there's a bigger idea there that's at play that goes beyond just them trying to keep up competition with Sony. So that's where I, that's where I stand with it. Now it's time to squat up. Of course, you can write into patreon.com. So that's kind of funny games to write in with your squat ups, just like Snoochie Coochie did. <laughs> Snoochie Coochie writes in with a the squat snooch. up and says... Come join the Blue Milk Mommies in Star mm-hmm. Wars The Old mm-hmm. Republic and start your own Star Wars legend with the likes of Taylor Sith, Bicycle Micycle, and Kind of Funny Kevin. Also, Greg, you need to log on and promote some off- some officers because nobody can join the guild. If you want to join, you want to join the guild. He see, Snitchy Kuchi wrote in. And they didn't say whether this is their username or the name of the guild yeah, or whatever this is. Snoochie Coochies is their username. The guild mm-hmm. is the the Blue Milk Mommies. The, okay, so the guild is the blue blue milk mommies. Mm-hmm. Well, I think mm-hmm. that then makes because they they wrote in with Shoney's Chonies, which I assume is their fucking username. So Snoochie Coochie is their alias writing in Shoney's Chonies. If you want to play with them on Star Wars, is is their gamer tag, and then the blue milk mommies Wait. is the clan. If you want to come through, play some Star Wars: The Old Republic, and I have, have so some many fun. feelings after the last thirty seconds. I've said a lot of things that I'm I didn't pretty want sure to say on the live podcast. Their, their game gamer tag. It doesn't matter. Then what's Shoney's Chonies? I don't know, man. I don't know what Shoney's Chonies are. Either way, I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, Now it's been a lot of fun. Oh, really? Have you you been enjoying it, Kevin? Yeah, having a blast. What? what, Do you know what the clan features are? Like, what what do people get when they when they join the Blue Milk Bombies? Is it more XP when you play with each other? Uh, uh, Yeah, I think I think yeah. We can then go and do things together, and everyone gets. Oh, Mike was just pronouncing his name, Snoochies Coochies. 
we were remiss reading the name. <laughs> God, we're gotcha. terrible. Gotcha. So his actual username is Chonies Chonies, but <laughs> but Mike was misreading it as Snoochies Coochies, which is which is. But his name was Shane Sean. No, his, his first his first name this is, is Shoney's Shoney's. Yes. Now it's time for comicfunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write a list of what we got wrong <laughs> as we got it wrong. So you can correct it later for those listening on podcast services around the globe and watching on youtube.com slash games. Uh You're wrong is doing a weird thing where I am seeing your wrongs from a week ago, but we usually delete those. And so I don't know how that's happening. Uh, but going through, going through. Big Bad Beluga says the sandwich chain Subway used to serve customizable pizzas at select stores as well. Damn. Another few items they were out of, Wait, no, they're out of their space say. with. <laughs> Didn't McDonald's no, like have like a limited pizza thing one day? Like in the nineties or something. Everything happened in the nineties. But being sold at Subway doesn't make it a sandwich. Is I think what the, the argument Correct. was being made because they sell and cookies are not sandwiches. But if we stick ham in them, would they be? Let's yeah, it'd be here. gross. But you could, if you make the, instead of the bread, if they're just cookies, kind of like, you can have an ice cream sandwich, right? And we all know what that looks like. That's sure. not really, God. you know, it doesn't have the properties of a normal sandwich, but it has the sentiment of a sandwich. I love ice cream sandwiches so much. You ever have an It's It? God, ice cream sandwiches are so fucking good. Yeah, it's ice cream makes my teeth like hurt, like the cold hurts them. No. I still eat it though because yeah, you it's gotta fight delicious. That. You gotta fight through that. I'm yeah, you just gotta color. like. That's never once. I'm like, damn. No, never once. I need to get this dental care together one day, but until sure. then, I mean, it's that's just some pain. adult shit. Like, you know, don't worry about it. that's adult shit. Don't worry, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, that's it for kindoffunny.com slash your wrongs. There were there weren't really actu- any actual your wrongs. There is some breaking news stuff, but of course, we'll cover that tomorrow on Kind of Funny Games Daily. Anything but crazy? for now, uh, no, nothing, nothing crazy. Nothing that we'll I, have I to could tune verify in tomorrow to find out. Yeah, like stay tuned tomorrow to find out how crazy the breaking news is. Um, tomorrow's hosts, if you want to tune in tomorrow, are going to be Tim and Timur Hussein from GameSpot. That's right, a Tim TM Thursday. Thursday. If you're watching this live right now on Twitch, after this is Snowbike Mike playing some of that Fall Guys new season with who, Kevin? Oof. Sad Boy uh, Barrett. That's right. Oh, yeah? Sad Boy Barrett. Oh, Courtney. yeah. They're going to be, that, that gonna be, gonna be having a good time. I, the I'm only I assume because Sad Boy Barrett is in the other live Discord chat, and so Which, that's all. I mean, I'm he's gonna have from. to come in here to run the post show, so that's an interesting little thing. Oh, he'll hop back and forth. We'll have a good time. Of course, yeah, this has been kind of funny. Games daily, each and every weekday. I'm here. I'm, I'm here. Twitch.tv. Oh, he's here. There it Are is. you playing Fall Guys? Oh yeah, I'm playing Fall. I was just hanging out with Mike just to just get ready. You know? What get, platform are you guys playing on? Oh, we're PC. playing PC. That's uh, that's where all of the custom server stuff happens. So we got custom server consoles. Oh yeah. I can play with you for like 30 so. minutes if you guys want a, a third person. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to need lots of people. Three, three, is, a, three is a crowd. Three is a crowd. No, I'm kidding. Get the I mean, fuck hey, in here, bro. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, he was joking. Oh, let's he was joking. Go, you baby. trying to play some Fall Guys? What's up? Janet, you trying to play some Fall, fall Guys? Um, <laughs> let's invite just everybody not. can. Uh, I could later, no. maybe. Okay. No, I didn't, I didn't okay. really like it very much. I know. Honestly, it kind of sucks. I hate it, personally. Oh, Kevin, don't even lie. Don't even lie. Yeah, I mean, I'm really, really bad. Like, you think you have a fun time? Though. Nobody's no, gonna, man, nobody's like, gonna fall it's, it's guys like except my, for stuff. That's a lie. That's a lie. I've seen them. They exist, and they're so the Mike ones getting and the little... Grand Bear are the two that are yeah, good at, yeah. at, at fall <laughs> guys. It's only them. All right, let's go. Let's end this show. Let's go. Let's end this. Of course, situation. this has been kind of funny. Games daily each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news and you know about. We have a Patreon post show right after this for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. Where, where, where can we find Janet? Did we do that? Oh, Janet, where can we find you? 
Hi, you can find me everywhere on the internet under the handle GameOnysis. That's Game O N Y S U S. That's Patreon, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, and uh, just the website GameOnysis.com. So, yeah. Boom. Go support GameOnysis, patreon.com slash GameOnysis, all that good stuff. Show her all the love. Uh, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>